Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talks with Cheese. I'm your host, Adrian, a.k.a. Cheese. And here with me is my cousin, Isaiah. Isaiah, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing really good. So I, so this is an in-person podcast, as you can tell by the quality. So I'm pretty sure you guys can tell which episodes are like in-person and which episodes are in Zoom. So anyways, Isaiah... It's my first time literally seeing him in four, what, four and a half years, four, four and years. Four and a half years, yeah. So, yeah, once again, he's from Wisconsin. So, Isaiah, let me ask you before we, like, start on this episode, what, why did you, like, decide to go to Wisconsin? I mean, go back to Indiana at all the times, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> why did I decide to finally come down? Um, you yeah, know, make a visit. It, yeah, it had been a while, like you said, uh, four and a half years, and... Also, our grandparents happen to be back, right? And they're not back all the time. So I figured I had the time off from work. And I uh, granted uh, awful choice in gas price timing. But, you know, uh, in Chicago was just a black hole of traffic. But I made it and I'm here and I'm glad to be here to record this podcast in person. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for like coming over to my mom's house. You know, as you can tell, I mean, it was really nice like seeing you like talk to my mom again, you know, like, you know, talking to my brother. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do agree with you. I mean, I mean, I'm really glad you're here. I'm, and I don't blame you for like, like complaining about the gas prices because <laughs> the gas prices are outrageous during this time. Yeah. And I can relate to that because like, you know, I drove to Nashville with my buddies last yeah. weekend and yeah. man, the gas alone, mm-hmm. I got help. I got some help obviously, but yeah. gas alone was just really expensive. Mm-hmm. But I'm, like I said, many times, like, you know, at least you're here, you know. Couldn't be a better weekend with Fourth of July. Yeah, we can yeah. happen, and, and you know, we got like stuff to do after this recording, and like you know, mm-hmm. going out to lunch, going out to a cousin's. Uh, what do you call it? Gender review party. Yeah, for so. her upcoming kid. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Fernanda. Congrats to her. Yeah. So, anyways, the purpose of this episode is that we would like to give our review for our movie review for Jurassic Rogue Dominion, and also we like to talk about our thoughts on the on the latest MCU TV show called Miss Marvel. So, Isaiah, how does that sound to you? That sounds fantastic. Let's get going. So, Isaiah, so can you give the audience and me a uh, your best explanation of the plot of the Jurassic World Dominion movie oh, in, your, in your words? Like, just a little yeah, summary yeah. plot, and then I can fill in. Yeah. So, Jurassic World Dominion is the sixth film in the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World franchise. Um, it's, it's hard to know what to refer to it as jurassic park 6 or jurassic world 3 but either one i think works Mm -hmm. and this is the film uh we're in the era of legacy sequels you know we got ghostbusters afterlife uh earlier this year and these uh top gun 2 these sequels coming out yes spider-man no way home where it's a lot of you know uh nostalgia which it works i um and or rather this movie is a continuation of that trend it acts as both a sequel to uh 2018's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom but also it brings back for the first time since the 1993 original film Jurassic Park uh all three of our leads we've got Sam Neill, Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum coming back as uh, reprising their respective characters um granted they have all three been back in different movies right but not, but not together since, exactly yeah since what, the original since jurassic the original park, yeah. yeah jurassic park 2 brought back jeff goldblum jurassic park 3 brought back sam neill and laura dern but they have not all three been back uh in about gosh is it th- over or almost 30 years yeah, now something right like that <laughs> um yeah so this marries both the jurassic world and jurassic park franchises uh in continuing the storyline of jurassic world 2 um which saw chris pratt's character owen grady owen grady uh and bryce ellis howard's character whatever her name was claire thank you um they now live in the woods with the clone girl uh macy Macy. thank you i I, thank you for these names (laughs) um, so they they are living in the woods and that is what is going on with them and then the original characters are uh, solving this mystery about these, uh, and the, I, you know, I think, are are we doing like spoilers up top? Yeah, yeah, okay, we, okay. yeah. So spoiler warning ahead. All right, just you get you got it. Yeah. Um, and this isn't a spoil huge spoiler because it happens in the opening minutes of the film. But uh, as Jurassic World two ended, um, we saw that dinosaurs are now in the world. They exist again, and the crux of this movie is how is that reality going to affect society? Because that's what we saw towards the end of Fallen Kingdom. Yes, yes. And so this movie opens with Laura Dern's character, whatever her character name is, um, 
having to deal with these prehistoric locusts that have been uh, found around the world. And is this Sattler? Dr. Sattler? Dr. Sattler, yeah. Ellie Sattler, thank you. Ellie I was going to say L, yeah. and I didn't think that was right. You're um, fine. And uh, she's trying to dis- uh, solve the mystery of why these prehistoric locusts are attacking the world's food supply. And to solve that mystery, she gets the gang back together and gets uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum's character, and Dr. Alan Grant, um, Sam Neill's character. And those two storylines eventually collide, and we get the uh, culmination of these two franchises and all the characters meeting. And uh, dinosaur hijinks ensue, and then you have a movie. So Isaiah, I mean, yeah, great summary you explained there. I mean, you pretty much nailed it. So Isaiah, what did you like about this movie? What was some like? Let's talk about the positives. Yeah, I will say it opens very strong. Uh, it opens with a kind of monta- uh, news montage to catch you up on what happened, and I think that did a good job of, especially since this movie was probably supposed to come out maybe last year. It, it, it was filming, yeah, like, it started filming, like, February 2020, but then mm-hmm. COVID hit. Yeah. And then keep in mind, guys, uh, more context. So I think the the events happened in Dominion mm-hmm. happened four years after Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's been four years where this, like, what, dinosaur, humankind yeah. matchup. have been, you know, people have to deal with, you know, stegosauruses walking through job sites and all this other funny business. And so... I really liked uh, the uh, explainer up top to try and catch you up on what's going on. It does a good job playing mm-hmm. the groundwork for the reality that exists when this within this film's uh, universe. And I also, I mean, I and we'll get into this in the negatives, but I really enjoyed the original cast's um, storylines and plot lines. It was very cool to see Ian Malcolm. Um, Jeff Goldblum kind of just, I don't want to say he plays the same character in every movie, but he's kind of just this like very suave cool mm-hmm. guy who's always talking in like these weird platitudes and these euphemisms that are very funny and it's kind of like uh just seeing them slip back into the role and mm-hmm. it fits all of them fantastic so like that, as if they never left exactly which I, which I like about that too as well Isaiah. yeah and so that was a positive and also i mean you can't discount it uh the dinosaur action is cool. I, you know, I think what what a young guy didn't love dinosaurs growing up. This movie, I mean, just continues that. Um, just some cool action uh, towards the end. You've got uh, the salad fingers dinosaur. The you know yeah. the I I'm not even gonna try whatever that dinosaur's name is. But the super long nail guy was genuinely terrifying when he uh, kind of interacts with Bryce Dallas Howard's character where. You, I couldn't quite tell. I guess that dinosaur is like partially blind or something. Yeah, I couldn't quite tell as well. Yeah. yeah, I was confused for a bit. Yeah, but that that was like genuinely terrifying. And uh, the Giganotosaurus, which I think is basically just the giant. Not it's not a T Rex, obviously, but like the the dinosaur that is bigger than T Rex mm-hmm. looked cool, looked scary, um, and. I guess one one plot line from this movie that I thought was interesting is the big evil corporation in this movie. I forget Biosyn. Biosyn, yeah, you got it. They make a point to say in the movie that they don't do what InGen did in Jurassic World, which is Jurassic World created new dinosaurs like the Indominus Rex. Meanwhile, uh, Biosyn is sticking to just recreating existing dinosaurs so the giganotosaurus is a dinosaur that did exist it was the as they say in the movie it was the biggest land animal ever so it it did a good job of portraying the genuine terror that would come along with seeing something that big how about you what are your uh, positives i mean i think we kind of like talked about it like you know a little bit earlier not too long ago but i just like you know we're in this nostalgic period of like movies, you know, where everyone's coming back. Everyone's like, you know, connecting with one another. And I just truly love the, you know, the, the fact when they, you know, when both the old cast and new cast met up, you know, how I eventually linked. Yes, there, it was like two different plots where like this movie could be two different movies. But I think at the end, it all paid off in my opinion. And then to, so Owen Grady was like to Stephen Grant, hey, I'm Owen. And Stephen Grant was like, I heard all about you. Just mm-hmm. hearing mm-hmm. that makes me like, man, you know, they yeah. do respect they one another. other. Yeah, they do respect one another's work, you know. And I kind of like the love story between Dr. Grant and Doc, and uh, Sadler. Mm. I felt like that was, you know, well needed. What felt like what the fans asked for, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It was funny uh, in continuing that romance plot line because, like you said, in Jurassic Park, they never really 
like I maybe I, I don't think they kiss in that movie, but like 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 they showed some yeah, feelings, but yeah. not all the way. But they finally gave us, yeah. you know, and then what we wanted. Yeah, in, in Jurassic Park three, you find out that Doctor Sattler got married and has like a kid or two or something like that. And then in this movie, Doctor Grant asks about her husband, and she's like, "Oh yeah, we got divorced." And Doctor Grant like lights up because he's like. Hey, yeah, <laughs> this is my chance. That was like a dog whistle to him. Yeah, you know? exactly. He's like, what, what, single? Heck yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do agree. I think that was a good, uh, you know, I completely lost the word, but... Just connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah connection. Picking up on what, what, car- uh, what uh, fans had wanted. Yeah, and also I liked, what well, I liked about Jurassic World Dominion, I like, uh, what's the character's name? Lila? Layla? The mercenary uh, mm, uh, pilot, the pilot. Yep, yep, that yep. delivered uh, Blue's uh, baby to like the bad guys. Mm-hmm. I think I thought she was like really badass. You mm-hmm. know, I, she was first like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mind my business, right? When they first saw when the people the mercenaries working for what do you call it bio bio biosyn. But I some was like work, working to get her, like the daughter back. But she saw that she's like I, I need to do something about it, you know mm-hmm. I need to, like break away my like my own, my my own business ego and then you know help these people out. Yeah. And then you know look at her she became a greater person towards the end. Mm, I uh, I brought up IMDb her name was Kayla. Kayla um, my yeah. bad guys. No you're good. Yeah, yeah. My, my phone does the same thing that corrects Layla to Kayla all the time. Um, but yeah, I, I also really liked that sequence when the plane crashed and they fought the feather raptor, whatever, whatever that thing was, that was also scary. You know, it did a good job of mm-hmm. establishing atmosphere and that the, was intense. The danger. It was very intense. It, it can swim now, all this other stuff. And the, you know, I don't think it should be overlooked that the design of these dinosaurs, obviously, you know, we, the technology has the technology has improved since 93 right oh big time and one thing that some of this newer franchise got flack for was not having as much animatronics as the old ones did and i believe this movie has like the most animatronics for the which is cool because then you can see the actors have to actually act against like a machine and not Mm. just nothing or a tennis a green tennis ball or whatever you know and I think that was a really, really cool uh, aspect of this movie in that you can, you can, you know, you can tell when, when that is a genuine, you know, little, little animatronic of a triceratops or whatever, as opposed to, oh yeah, we'll put it in later, but now just pretend there's something there because it's harder to get that reaction. And I get actors, it is their job to act, but it's, it's easier to act against something versus mm-hmm. nothing or a green tennis ball. Right. I mean, it just brings a mix to the table, which you want every once in a while to like, Keep up like what you the intensity, the creativeness around the set. Yeah, I just like I said, I like you know Ka- Kayla, Kayla, Kayla yep. spot. Yeah, and then also, um, I just yeah, I just like like you said, there's a lot of action in the movie. You know, I and then dude, I didn't expect when I saw it. I saw it like on Thursday, right? And I was mm-hmm. sick. You know, so recovering from a cold, but I didn't care. I was like, you know what? I need to watch the movie like back on Thursday to like you yeah. know prepare for this episode. So I I just do not like think about the the duration of the movie and then i was like man this movie is long right and then when i looked it up right when i read about the movie because that's why i always do is read up a movie after i'm done watching the movie it was like two minutes two hours and 26 minutes mm-hmm. but in my opinion guys yeah in my opinion guys um even though i knew it was a long movie because like that's all jurassic world movies or jurassic park movies are long it didn't seem here's the positive thing about about the movie it didn't seem like it was 226 minutes i thought i was entertained like the whole time mm-hmm. what, what do you think about that isaiah about the duration yeah i you know going in um i agreed or i agree with you i guess that for me parts of the movie flew by right okay. parts of the movie i i knew it was two and a half hours going in so it was kind of just like all right buckle up like this is about as uh-huh. long as i think infinity war was and as long as eternals was like all these movies <laughs> yeah like eternals felt like you know it, it felt the full length this um this movie i think parts of it flew by but i also was every once in a while kind of just like looking at my phone like okay it's been about x amount of hours or minutes at this point we're we're coming to it's gonna end soon like mm-hmm. don't don't fucking fall asleep or something right <laughs> yeah um but yeah i feel like parts of it could have been a little bit shorter yeah. uh maybe cut out some of the stuff in the cabin or whatever you know towards oh, the, yeah. t- towards the beginning of the movie right maybe too long yeah yeah like i don't need to see bryce Dallas howard and clone girl argue because she's not her real mom or whatever or uh, yeah we'll, we'll we'll get to the negatives i guess yeah. I'll, I'll hold back there but it it 
I'm sorry, like Yelp. Um, it probably could have been maybe like 10, 15 minutes shorter. But what is interesting about that is there was originally, the director is, uh, Colin Trevorrow has said this, there was initially a uh, prologue to this movie that took place 65 million years ago, and it was a Giganotosaurus killing a T-Rex. Mm-hmm. So I think that would have then been more impactful when the T-Rex kills right. the Giganotosaurus mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. So I'm curious as to why they omitted that, but I believe Colin has said on Twitter that they do plan on adding that back in for like a digital release or something. Yeah. So that's cool. But again, that adds probably like 10, 15 minutes. So then you're looking at almost a three-hour movie. Yeah, three hours of movie. Just take out some of the cabin stuff. But anyway. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah, it, it is what it is. Uh, I didn't fall asleep, right? So that's a good sign. I made it a little bit shorter, but it was it was good. Uh-huh. So as I was talking about lead them to the negative, let's talk about the negatives. But before yeah. I ask you about your negatives, when like like I said earlier, every time when I watch a movie, I look it up, like you know, look it up on Wikipedia, look it up on other like stuff on YouTube, just make sure like if I got the plot right or you know if I was on the same page within the film. Yeah. And when I looked at like on like IMBD and like uh, Google, mm. the movie reviews were pretty low, and I was actually surprised. So Isaiah, why do you think the the ratings were? Sh- pretty low for it being like it being supposed to be like a hit movie of this summer mm-hmm. and what makes you th- what would your negatives personal negatives thoughts about the movie yeah i'm hold on i'm going to bring up uh the rotten tomatoes uh score so it is currently sitting at a 30 percent uh which i mean any math majors out there know that's below at least 50 and that's not good right um but right. but audience score we're sitting at 77 now audience score is kind of iffy because generally people who like the movie will 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 rate it yeah so um, but I had a good time with it overall. It was a lot of the fact that, and you mentioned this earlier, it did feel like two separate movies between the original cast's plot line and the new cast plot line, which is that clone girl gets kidnapped and they need her DNA for something. And I... Like I said, I I enjoyed the original cast's plotline more, and I found it more engaging. There was more uh, dinosaur action, and I hate to say it because this franchise has, um, or rather, this uh, reboot franchise, the Jurassic World mm-hmm. part, has like built up Blue the Raptor as like an, an important character, and she's just not in this movie. Like she is for like two seconds where you see her with her kid. Or whatever. Like, basically towards the beginning and then... The yeah, end. yeah, and then at the end, they give her her baby raptor back, and then she juts off back to the forest. So, I could have... I don't know. Maybe have Blue go with them on the adventure or something. Yeah. I don't know, because I'm not a script writer, but that felt kind of useless. It, it They've spent three movies now establishing that, that Owen had a connection with her, and... She didn't really end up doing anything. It was that like, empathy wasn't strong towards the end, right? Because no, they were trying to make it strong for us, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel no bit like no big empathy. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. They were already trying to save Clone Girl, and now you have That's to like also save much, the Raptor. Yeah. yeah, and you also have to save a baby Raptor. Don't get me wrong, baby Raptor was cute. I'm sure they're selling millions of baby Raptor plushes. All right. Well, like, they wanted the the baby Raptor's uh, genetic thing because yeah, they were similar yeah. to clo- uh, we call it Macy's. Yeah. So like you know, if you got the two genetic like, DNAs, then yeah. they were they could have made so many things. Yeah. Like the scientists are biotech. Yeah. The the locusts like DNA could have been changed or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see. So yeah, I I wasn't a huge fan of Blue or the overall Clone Girl, and I understand that was like important to the plot eventually. To the line, yeah. yeah. Um, I just wasn't a huge fan of it. Also, uh, Doctor Henry Wu. Who again? You want to talk about a character who like appeared in the original Jurassic World? Very cool. Um, I like how when the original cast sees him again, they're like this this fucking guy. Like yeah. they they actively don't like him because they know he's a slimy, uh, yeah, a cheesehead, sketchy, sketchy guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a sketchy guy. Um, however, also in this Jurassic World franchise and in Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, um, Henry Rue was also played as a villain. Generally, he's always like conniving in the background. Ooh, and he like escapes at the end in a helicopter at the end of Fallen Kingdom. And then we see him in this movie and he's like, he's got long hair and he's like, oh man, I, I've, I've been wrong, you know, like, please forgive me for my sins of the past. And it kind of feels like that comes out of nowhere because at the end of Fallen Kingdom, he doesn't seem remorseful at all. So this this change in character, I guess, happened in in the preceding four years that we did not see. I just didn't buy it, yeah. really. Um, but I did think it was funny. 
when he releases the giant locust at the end of the movie and then just like it's like oh like all my sins are forgiven sir many people are dead because of you (laughs) just because you released a super locust one time in a field uh does not uh you know absolve you of your sins but um so his his characterization kind of felt like a an unearned 180 kind of like rushed it yeah as well with same with blues um isaiah honestly when i was watching dominion it took me toward literally towards like the third act of the movie that I didn't realize that was him because the fucking like long hair, the long hair. Yeah, I tell you, man, long hair will throw you off. You know, yeah, but, look at you. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, um, but otherwise, also, <laughs> I thought it was funny towards the end of the movie. Uh, once the two casts have finally converged, that it was just a funny visual for how many main characters there were that were like actively participating in the events of the film. And what I mean by that is when they all meet at like the outpost outpost in the woods or whatever um and like the the you know the jeep gets flipped over and the giganotosaurus is like you know stalking them around it and there's like nine of them because it's, oh, it's yeah. the whole it's all the original yeah. cast it's all the new cast and also the pilot and also like the the biosyn tech guy who's oh, also on their side uh the guy the villain's like right hand man yeah and it's becoming like a good guy yeah let, let me let me bring up his name real quick because i had it up um i like his character yeah honestly. i i like uh his ramsey was a character's name uh played by actor uh i'm not gonna try that name um so he yeah i i, I enjoyed his character also i guess the the main villain of the movie uh is the, I forgot his name. Yeah, you can, you can look it up. Yeah, look at us doing our research. Um, yeah, I know. He, it's the same actor who played uh, Peter Parker's dad in the Amazing uh, Spider-Man yeah, franchise. That's what I heard. So, if that gives people a face to a name, because I guarantee his name is not like actually, you know, you, you wouldn't know it off the top of your head. Um, oh, okay. Uh, he wasn't really intimidating, really, in my opinion, of this movie. So, what I found interesting about him, uh, so the character name is Lewis Dodgson, uh, character, the actor's name is Campbell Scott. Um, he is the same guy from Jurassic Park who, uh, Wayne Knight's character, uh, if you watch Seinfeld at all, uh, Newman, Newman's character, um, Sorry, uh, tra- train of thought just crashed for a second. Uh, Lewis Dodson is the same guy in the first Jurassic Park movie who was trying to buy the shaving cream can. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, uh, 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 connection straight which back to the original. Yeah. Which is a reference, and you do see the shaving cream can yeah. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Very cool. A lot of questions on how that got, got to him because in Jurassic Park it kind of just falls down a waterfall. Um, apparently that's answered in like the Netflix series Camp Cretaceous. Like that yeah. comes up. So I can't say I watched it. Yeah, um, me too. That's just too much work for me. Yeah. I'm not that like, huge into Jurassic Park guys. No, and there's I like, mean, at least for me. There's like five seasons of that show, I think. And it's animated. So it's like, it, I think it's it's geared towards kids. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was a cool, it, it is a different actor because the original actor apparently was like, is like now a convicted sex criminal. So yeah, yeah maybe don't I bring him he- back. I did hear that in the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, maybe don't bring that guy back. But so anyway, yeah, I, I, I liked him and bringing back that character. I thought that was a good connective tissue. So I guess I would go more on my positives. Uh, also the fact that he like reinvented himself in the preceding 30 years as more of like a, a Steve Jobs, like, oh, I'm here for the future. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but I agree with you. He wasn't like menacing. He was just kind of like annoyed that everything was happening to him. Yeah. Um, and I will say I did enjoy his death because like I said, that is basically straight out of, uh, the original where, reference. Yeah. Yeah. Except it's just a bunch, bunch of those, uh, spinning dinosaurs. But otherwise, yeah, I think if to, to go back to your original question though, of why critics are not a fan, I think it is really the diverging plot lines it feels like two separate movies and i think also it was just a little long for some people Mm -hmm. i think i think that really does a weigh on some people more than others like it didn't really affect us but others could feel that was a detriment you know yeah and then um this is not really a negative but this is like uh talking about the villains right i loved how in each like three of the jurassic world in the jurassic world trilogy i like how all three movies how all three villains quote unquote got were dead to be dead because they mm. kind of deserved it you know what i'm saying mm. yeah they, they all because you got the security guard the security person from mm. the jurassic road he got uh eaten yeah the second one the guy the like the also gets eaten also gets eaten and then the third one yeah also gets, but, eaten. But gets acid poured on yeah yeah um i will say 
I did uh, think that I guess uh, this would go under a weakness of the film. It like it laid out the premise in the beginning of the movie that we would see the reality of dinosaurs out in the world, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it capitalized on it well enough because a lot of the movie once like the the, the last third of the movie really takes p- place at Biosyn's, you know, dinosaur sanctuary in the Italian mountains or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you don't see a ton of like oh, so this is how dinosaurs interact with the everyday world. It, there there is a couple things um, the dinosaur black market in Malta or whatever, which was interesting and kind of funny to see like those allosauruses just walking around and eat that guy on the scooter or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing, seeing dinosaurs interact with the world, I think would have been a more in, uh, just, I guess open with it because the movie opens with it and the movie closes with it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really capitalize on actually seeing what characters would do in that scenario. We just see a lot of like, you know, um, a shaky cam found footage type mm-hmm. type stuff with that and I think it would have been interesting to see like the characters actually have to deal with like oh no how do we keep the you know T-Rex out of the zoo yeah. you know and maybe not like that dumb but something else right so, yeah. I don't know I just found it like uh, I mean this is like negative right and it's like kind of being uh, nitpicky I was just, it's just crazy how at the beginning like kind of what you were saying how we saw a montage of like how dinosaurs and humans like interact with each other. Like the society was all against it, mm-hmm. and now nowhere towards the end, they're like they loved it. Yeah, there's like no in between. I was like, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. If I feel like if this happened in real life, there would be still be way more negatives as positives. Yeah, I don't see any positives to having a T Rex walking around, but you know whatever. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, like yeah, that's just me nitpicking because like you know mm-hmm. this is a movie at the end of the day. Yeah. But yeah, so Isaiah, your final thoughts and your rating from a scale of one to ten of this movie? Oh boy. All right. Well, I will say I enjoyed it more than Fallen Kingdom personally. Uh, Fallen Kingdom was like a weird, you know, I like to call it. I, I shouldn't say I like to call it. I've seen it called Jurassic World Dinosaur House. Because it just all takes place at yeah, that one that's mansion why I didn't like or whatever. It, yeah. yeah, you saw we only went. What do you call it? Isla Nubula or the island? Uh oh yeah, we're, yes wherever the or is that site B? I don't know. Yeah. So wherever, um, wherever Jurassic World was located, right? The yeah. island, right? Yeah. That and Fallen Kingdom, you only mm-hmm. got to. They were only in that island for what twenty minutes. Of the yeah. Week. Anyway, sorry. And then that, yeah, the volcano goes off and you see that dinosaur stuck on the dock and you're just like, why am I crying at a dinosaur movie? Um, but. I will say I enjoyed this more than Fallen Kingdom. For sure, um, for sure. I am interested to see because I don't. I mean, obviously, franchises make money. I and well, the Jurassic World franchise has like had diminishing returns. Every movie has made less. Um, Jurassic Jurassic World set a pretty high bar because at the time when it came out, I think it was like right behind Avengers domestically, and like that is an insane amount of money. So Avengers: Age of Ultron, yeah, specific, yeah, yeah, and so. Um, this movie, I think, will will still made a lot of money, and I don't think this franchise is done. But I genuinely don't know like what they would do or where they go. Um, quick aside: there was before Jurassic World ever came out, Jurassic War, Jurassic Park Four was like a movie that was always trying to get made or whatever. And one of the before Jurassic World, one of the leaked concepts was uh, dinosaur human hybrids. And there's concept art you can see, you can find online that like got leaked, and it it like looks insane. It's like a Triceratops man with a machine gun and all this other shit. Yeah. So I'm glad they never did that. But hey, maybe they'll do that now. I don't know. Like I I generally am curious as to where the franchise could go. But that being said, to give this movie a numerical value as is necessary for rating systems, I think. See, this is hard. But I think I would go personally an eight. I liked it. I had a great time with it. I really liked the original cast. And yes, the 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 new cast is fine. But I thought the dinosaur action more than made up for any of the boring bits. Yeah. You? So I was a really good take on what you had to say. And honestly, dead ass, I was gonna rate, rate the movie eight out of ten. That's funny. Not gonna lie, really dead ass. But anyways, my reason. Okay, so if you take out. The nostalgic, you know, pieces like you know, minus the like, what do you call it, the the old school characters? Yeah. And you take out Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. If you don't have those factors, I think the movie would be down to shit. Basically, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. like you know, the the turnaround was like you know, the the majority of the movies seem like two different movies, like we said many times. Yeah. But 
I think, you know, my overall thoughts about the whole, like, Jurassic World trilogy, uh, you know, I'm a, like, Chris Pratt's one of, like, my favorite actors mm. behind Tom Holland, obviously, mm. as you guys can know. Obviously. Yeah. So, um, I really thought Chris Pratt really, you know, carried this movie, other mm. than the, the old, and then the, the cast, the yeah. old school cast. Uh, you know, if it wasn't for them, uh, I wouldn't. I just, I think I'd be bored. I think I'd be falling asleep. Yeah. I really thought as a movie itself, I thought it was really good. It kept me entertained. It's a good um, summer blockbuster hit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, you know, what I'm saying I'm gonna rate this. You know, yeah, it has its negatives, but I'm gonna, you know, like I said, guys, I'm gonna rate this movie um, eight and ten. So that wraps up our review on Jurassic World Dominion. I really think you guys should like watch it in theaters mm-hmm. if you guys haven't had the chance yet. Even though it's been like what three weeks, two it's weeks, been a while, yeah. yeah. Hey, if you have the time, watch the preceding five films, too. <laughs> they all vary wildly in quality, but, you know, at least, you, it, like, there truly is a reference to, like, all of the other movies in this movie, and I really appreciate it. Even as small as, like I said, that that shout-out to Dr. Sadler getting a divorce. Like, yeah, because she was married in Jurassic Park 3, and she must have divorced that guy. So, I, I appreciate this movie in its efforts to include uh, the entire franchise. Yeah, so, that, yeah, so that's our wrap on Jurassic World. So moving on to another topic, Isaiah. Um, so Isaiah, I want to talk about you know our thoughts about Miss Marvel, the latest MCU TV series of the franchise, or yeah, which is on Disney Plus. So Isaiah, can you give us you know once again a plot summary of this show, and then I can pitch like fill in any like fill in as you go on. Yeah. So this show comes to us, like you said, uh, from Marvel. We are in vaguely still in Phase Four. Um, that's Lee about to enter phase five soon. That's from what I heard. Yeah. I just, you know, we'll see what the end cap is on this because it doesn't sound like there's any Avengers movie coming, but, um, and this is, if we're covering, sorry to interrupt, but this is covering our thoughts on episodes one, two, three. Yeah. Just because I think four just would have come out yesterday. I don't know when this pod goes up, but, um, or I guess it's Saturday. It would come out this last Wednesday and I haven't seen it and I don't know if you've seen it yet. I've seen it, but yeah, we're going to cover just half of it because it's six episodes, right? Yeah. So I guess it's easier to cover half a season than half a season. Um, so it follows a uh, Kamala Khan who is a young girl in Jersey city and she's a huge, she, uh, superhero fan, specifically Captain Marvel. And she discovers this, uh, family heirloom that seemingly gives her powers. And the show is a journey on her discovering how to use these powers and where she fits in, uh, growing up and the responsibilities that come with come along with being a superhero kind of like a teenage life kind of like following like a peter parker type of like story arc very similar um and yes i mean that that's pretty much uh yeah like like an eggshell yeah and then um so isaiah what what do you think of the show so far like the first three episodes that you've seen of miss marvel i have liked it so far um i have seen some or let me back up uh on episode one i was honestly kind of iffy on it uh just because it not not that it was bad, but it seemed like it just wasn't for me, you know? Um, it kind of seemed like the first thing that Marvel had done that it was like, okay, maybe this is for, like, tweens or, like, kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know... But the, the the more I watch it, the more I, like, enjoy it and the, the connections to the Marvel Universe because... I mean, obviously, that's intrinsic to this character because she's a fan of Captain Marvel. I mean, mm-hmm. in episode one, she goes to Avengers Con, right? So, which is kind of a nice change of pace from, like, Moon Knight, which had, like, zero references to anything except... I mean, towards the end. Yeah, like, towards yeah. the end a little bit. And you had, like, the reference to, like, the Black Panther mm-hmm. afterworld or whatever, but... Her afterlife. But this movie... or Sorry, not movie. Um, the show, show. Yeah, this TV show is uh, genuinely... It, it's just a fun time. I The, the, the lead actress, um, her name escapes me, but her as uh, Kamala Khan is very good. Uh, she like, just is very believable in that role. I have seen some people who uh, kind of just don't like the show because of what I was saying, where they just don't take the vibe. It attracts a, a certain niche. Like yeah. it's your niche, like yeah. the tweens, the mm-hmm. little teens. Yeah. But I feel like that, like, or is it going towards like attracting like a more of a woman audience? Like, yeah. You know, young women. And I will say to that point that I think, if that is a like you know quote unquote negative, I guess if if the show just isn't for you, um, that is more not necessarily this TV show's fault as opposed to that character. Like mm-hmm. even in the comics, like that is who this character is, or she's a young girl growing up in Jersey. Um, so you know, 
and obviously not everything is going to be for everybody, right? But, exactly. But I, I have genuinely enjoyed it. Uh, they, they have. There's been a little bit, a little bit of controversy because they have like changed her powers. Because in the comics, her powers are more similar to like Mister Fantastic. Mm-hmm. If you guys are familiar with the Fantastic Four, he just stretches and gets big and can, you know, uh, make himself do different forms and whatnot. Um, and they have changed her powers for the for this TV show. Obviously, uh, she has these like kind of Green Lantern esque powers, right? In that she can make things and do stuff that is just as vague purple energy. Um, in the comics, she is an inhuman, which is kind of similar to a mutant. If you're familiar with the X-Men, um, except the inhumans, their powers are like activated by this process as opposed to the mutants. They just manifest. Um, and they seemingly have changed that for this show. She's not an inhuman anymore. However, if you've been watching your, you know that they say that her powers come from inside her and that the, the, uh, bracelet or whatever, bangle, bangle yeah. the, the bangle like it's a, activates it. It's like a family, like gender genetics. Type yeah. Of thing. Because like you said, we, we find out that like her grandma's from another dimension or something. Great grandma. Great grandma, yeah. which, and I'm sure we'll get more answers on that, but uh-huh. that is, as far as I can tell, that is original to the show. That is not her being an inhuman or anything like that. So there's been some like, oh, they're changing stuff, but they change stuff all the time, right? So I, as long as it's good, and so far I've liked it, so far it has been good. Um, I'm just waiting. You know, actually, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first before I say what I was going to say, but I like it so far. How all right. You? Are you sure? So that way you, don't, you, won't, you won't forget? No, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's top of mind, right. so I won't forget. Good. I just want to make sure. So Isaiah, um, I like, good take on that. So Miss Marvel for me, I mean, like you said, it's not for everyone, but for me, as a super diehard MCU fan, mm-hmm. no matter what the project is, whether it's TV series or movie, no matter how I think about it, before I get into like the show or actually watch it, I'm gonna watch it no matter what, because whatever, whatever like MCU material or sort like media there is, it's gonna eventually inter- like connect with the whole MCU. Mm-hmm. So I've, you know, if you don't watch these, you know, yeah. you're you're gonna get feel like left out, like we talked about in our first, my first very episode yep. of the podcast. When you talked about in the in the multiverse madness, yeah. like some people were so confused about Wanda and I having a kid. Mm. I mean, having <laughs> yeah. kids, they were so confused. I was like, watch yeah. WandaVision. So th- exactly, yeah, that's a good analogy to describe. But anyways, yeah, I mean, I think it, honestly, I'm being honest. I mean, yes, it's like going towards a different niche, which I like, but there's some negatives, right? But lucky me, I have the patience to watch like to watch it. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's really cheesy, but like. There's some comic relief in this like TV series, mm-hmm. and I like what I truly like about this, guys. About Miss Marvel, I like how it gives a fan's perspective in the uh, MCU verse, aka or six one six. How like we never really get to see throughout the whole, like throughout movies or shows of the MCU of how like people actually are fans of superheroes, yeah. right? Instead, we really heard about negatives like back in Civil War. Yeah, so I really like that aspect of how like. Kamala Khan and her friends really look up to like uh, heroes like Captain Marvel, to Thor, to Iron Man, to yeah. Black Widow. So, what do you think about that idea? About you know, we get to see our fans' perspective. You know, mm, I I do. I, I guess we saw a little bit a little bit of that back mm. in Hawkeye mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Uh, Haley Steinfeld. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop, yeah, like looking up to, to looking up to uh, Hawkeye. Hawkeye, yeah. but that was a little bit. But this, we actually we saw AvengerCon, like you said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I do really dig that uh, new side to look at things, especially in in universe, because there are obviously millions of people like us who who do enjoy Marvel uh, content, but it's kind of funny to see it reflected in the universe itself. And that, mm-hmm. like, yeah, these superheroes do have fans because that's probably what would really happen, right? Is that people would start to like these people, and also I do think it's interesting we get um, a explanation as to how a lot of people seem to know how the final battle in endgame went and it's like well it's not like people were there but uh, we find out that uh scott lang ant-man has been doing has been doing a podcast and like telling people what happened so it's like okay that makes sense as to why people know yeah i what i would do to like listen to that podcast it'd be so funny um but yeah i i really enjoy this new perspective that we're we're given and also it's very true to the character, and I've never read any of the uh, Miss Marvel comics, but I'm vaguely familiar with her character, and from from what I know, this is like who she is, and that she is 
a Captain Marvel fan. That's the whole reason why she takes on this name eventually or will take on that yeah. name eventually. So, um, sorry to interrupt, but, like, yeah, I think the first time we both knew of, of the Come On Con character is from the video game. The Like, what do you call it? The Major video game? Yeah. Just a, yeah. As a side note. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much all my positives, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get into any negatives? Do you have any negatives? Well, before I uh, talk about negatives, I want to talk about this. So, I really think... Um, for for those MCU fans that really want to get the, what call it, what's the movie coming up uh, that relates to Captain Marvel the Marvels the Marvels yeah. so yeah I, if you're guys if you're like a big like you know into like the movies right and you're if you're a big uh, Captain Marvel fan mm-hmm. I really suggest you to watch this so that way you know what what's up with the Marvels because I feel like towards the end of the of the what do you call it, the series yeah it's gonna it's gonna have a good like you know connection with the marvel so that way you won't get confused so yeah we're just we're just trying to help you guys out <laughs> yeah we're, so, do, we're doing this for your own good and then and then i once again i'm gonna uh we mentioned this already but i wanted to talk about i love the aspect talking about the positives again i love the aspect about the number amount of references mm. we get respecting like those characters like tony stark black widow you know mm. the scott lang podcast yeah. i absolutely I love and adore that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Showing some respect, you know, mm-hmm. within the universe itself. Yeah. I. It's funny that, so that point that I stopped myself from bringing up is, is what I was, is what you just said, where it's Kamala Khan. We, we know it's confirmed. She will be in the Marvels, right? I want to say it comes out early next year. It was like February. It might've gotten pushed. Who knows? It could be, something. yeah, it could be pushed. But or... I believe it is early 2023. Um. So, you know, heavy speculation that Captain Marvel will show up in this TV show at some point, probably towards the end, probably like in WandaVision where, you know, a, a scroll showed up at the end to talk to Monica Rambeau. Um, so there's a good chance that that's when we will we will uh, see and then show Jet off to space or whatever happens. Yeah. Right. Um, but, yeah, like you said, similar to to Multiverse of Madness and that you're like, when the hell did Wanda get yeah. children? <laughs> um, you will probably at least want to watch this show. Um, to have an idea of where Captain Marvel 2 slash the Marvels uh, will lead. Um, I also think that uh, this show does a very good job. Uh, I agree. It is cringe sometimes, but it also feels very like John Hughes-esque where it's like a lot of the the humor and dialogue is, it feels like natural to what young people would say, you know? And I think that does make it genuinely funny a lot of the time. And I think that's the strength of the show and that it, it does a good job of portraying young people as opposed to, I don't know, it feels like it's just trying. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Isaiah, about the negatives of mm-hmm. the show, mm-hmm. what, what, what's your negatives with the show? Since we actually had like a lot of like, positive, yeah. positive things to say about the show, cause, which mm-hmm. I was like surprised about, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I mean, if you would have asked me after episode one, I would have been like, yeah, I don't, I, <laughs> I think I'll like, like, you know, grip my teeth and get through this one. But I, I don't really have, it's, the show's grown on me and... I guess the biggest point of contention for me would be just sometimes it's a little bit too cringy where I'm like, ah, you know, but even those moments are few and far between at this point. And I guess as has been the case with, you know, I think this is the one thing Marvel kind of gets flack for is that like their heroes are interesting, but a lot of times at the expense of the villains or the antagonists in these pieces. So I'm vaguely kind of confused on what, you know, the Jin people are or whatever. Yeah. And also to what level is the Department of Damage Control. Thank you. I was going to say like destruction. That's not it. Department of Damage Control, the villains, right? Because they also just show up. Oh, oh, it's being Easter eggs. I just remembered um, one of the drones that, that like chases her is one of the Stark Tech yep. drones, which is kind of funny mm-hmm. because they seize those after Far From Home. Um, but anyway... Yeah, I I think just the villains. I'm a little bit confused on what their like plan is. I guess vaguely it will release energy and destroy the world, maybe yeah. right? Yeah. But that hasn't been super well established. I mean, that's that's it though for me. Is that the villains are kind of meh? But that kind of just seems to be a thing sometimes with these Marvel movies, or yeah. Marvel projects. See, rather. Yeah, I mean, I think the negatives. Is, I can like talk about that more. I think the negatives is that you know I feel like sometimes they rush the plot lines of the villains. You know, I think. We haven't really have a a good like plotline for a villain since like Thanos, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm saying like hopefully like you know they can like hear the our criticism mm-hmm. and like improve on. But hopefully later on, on in episodes four, five, and six, mm-hmm. we can find more clarification 
on those villains. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What the true, what the, we call it the, the gins? Jin, yeah. The, the gins purpose of trying to get the bangle. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a little confusing, but eventually we're going to get it. Hopefully mm-hmm. let's, you know, cross our fingers. You know, I find this so odd too, is that I agree in that a lot of these series, it's like they hold a lot back for like the first three episodes. And then you just get like this deluge of information in the last couple episodes. Yeah. But it's like if this were a movie, you'd have to do it in two hours. Meanwhile, we have, you know, six or even for WandaVision, you had nine hours. Or not hours, I guess, because some of these fucking episodes are only like 20 minutes. But, but for the most part. Yeah, yeah. For, you have at least like four to six hours. And it almost sometimes feels like it's rushed still. And I don't understand. I know, obviously, for some of the earlier series, uh, like Captain America and Falcon... And, or sorry, Falcon and the Winter yeah, Soldier. Yeah, thank you, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, and and WandaVision, uh, that COVID affected the production of those shows a right. lot. But and maybe it affected this one too. But yeah, I just they just really need to take their time. Knowing, hey, this is a TV show. We can you know control yeah. the time. Yeah, compared so, to a movie. Yeah, so you know, I I I will say I I've I've liked villains since Thanos. I I but I think like. I mean, hey, I guess future episode where it's like favorite villains in Phase Four or whatever. Um, but I, I would think this would be on like the lower end because, like I said, I'm confused. Is it is it damage control? Is it the Jins? What is the Jins' plan? Yeah. What is damage control's plan? Like, is is there like a like a superhuman prison that we haven't seen? Well, I guess there might be, right? Because uh, Abomination. Yeah, Abomination is somewhere, right? Yeah. So. But yeah, oh, speaking of which, plug uh, She Hulk coming up next month. Yeah, so. on my birthday too. Let's oh, go. Hell yeah, hell yeah, bro. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think I won't have predictions for this because I'm just yeah. going to go for the flow. I'm not going to stress out too much about this. Yeah. Because on, on our my outline, I had, like, our predictions, but I think we're going to stress too much about it. I'm just, I just want to enjoy it as it is. I mean, the only prediction that we've said is Captain Marvel will probably show up. Or some other... Or someone. Some other yeah. uh, character Space. that's yeah. involved in that, in the Captain Marvel America. Universe. I mean, excuse me, Captain, <laughs> Captain Marvel's, like, ac- accomplices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, or the scrolls. So, yeah. Or a scroll, yeah. Yeah. Either way, something's going to connect with, that's going to lead up to the Marvels. Mm-hmm. So, um, Isaiah, as we wrap up, you know, this episode, two more things. So, Isaiah, please tell me, like, how are you feeling about Thor Love and Thunder that's coming out next Friday? So, by the time that, you know, this gets edited and published, it should be, like, by Tuesday, next Wednesday. Tuesday, so, that yeah. way, so either way, a couple of days away, yeah. you know. I am, I'm very excited, uh, Everything I have seen has made me very excited. All of the, or I shouldn't say all, but a very solid majority. You know, critics get critics get to see it early, and they've been very positive on the movie. Let's go. Yeah, they uh, Christian Bale is apparently awesome. Um, which I mean, I guess I would expect nothing less. He's a fantastic actor. Uh, the trailers have had me laughing and excited, and I expect nothing but the best from. Uh, you know, uh, Thor three was a fantastic film. Ragnarok. So, yeah, Ragnarok. Same director, and he really gets the vibe of Thor, you know. So Way I'm, better than the first two. Yeah, so I, I'm very excited, and uh, we'll see what happens. How about you? So uh, let me ask you this first, Isaiah. How do you feel about the movie? Because I kept hearing, like, posts that the movie was going to be, like, barely two hours. What do you think about that? Do you think that's good enough, or do you think it should be, like, maybe two hours and 12 minutes, two hours and 20 minutes? That's the fact that this is Thor Love and Thunder, like, the first, like... MCU character where he gets his their fourth, yeah. their respective fourth solo movie. Mm. I'm I'm not too worried about it. As if I mean, if you can tell a story and if 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 you have your you know movie at what it, what is it like two hours and six minutes maybe or like not even like yeah something yeah. like that just grab two hours or two yeah minutes. whatever it is. Um, if you feel if the director feels that they can tell the story in that long and say what they need to say and get out the post credit scenes they need to get out and all this good stuff. And you've done it in under two hours, then I really don't have a problem. You know, I think, I think blockbusters are, if anything, getting a little bit too bloated. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, us like a lot of the, you know, later Phase Three, Intro to Phase Four, Marvel movies are very long. I mean, Endgame was what three and a half hours long, yep, yep. and I understand that's a special case. But even like we said, Jurassic World Dominion, two and a half hours long. Like I don't, you don't need two and a half Just hours. As, you're saying as long as it gives you good content, yeah. Get what you need, you know, it gives you entertainment and then you don't care. Exactly. Because, yeah, okay. I mean, Venom 2... That's a good point. Venom 2 is only, like, an hour and a half. That thing flies by. Oh, and the, yeah. the movie moves at a clip, and it's... Is it a good movie? I'm, uh, you know, average. whatever. It might but, be average. Yeah, I, I, but it's a fun movie, and it moves fast, yeah. and it doesn't, like... You're not checking your phone. You're not like, Jesus, when can I leave? It went you by know? fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I'm, I'm not very worried about it at all. 
And then, um, as and please agree or disagree with me, Isaiah, on this. But I want to let you guys know, yes, even though the Guardians of the Galaxy are making an appearance on in Thor: Love and Thunder, mm. I don't, don't. I want to get my hypes up on them being the movie in the movie too much because I saw. You know, you know, I'm a big fan. I look, I look like the story, not the storyline up, but I looked, you know, the posters up. Yeah. When I saw the posters, none of the Guardians of the Galaxy were in it. So yeah, that indicates that hey, they they won't be in the movie as long. Maybe like what eight to ten minutes best screen time yeah i feel like they're probably in like the cold open of the movie where we get a quick flashback of what they've been up to post end game and then they're probably like they're in the trailers obviously but i feel like that like you said that's the opening part of the movie yeah. where thor is doing adventures with them and then we're like okay we're going to leave you yeah. know i just want i just wanted to help out like my audience yeah you know, to, to not, not expect them be in like the climax yeah, of the movie. not yeah. get disappointed you know mm. so yeah that's yeah thank you on that Isaiah. yeah so so, guys, it's time for the cheesy question of the day. Oh, hell yeah. So, this is Isaiah's first cheesy question of the day because, you it know, is, yeah. I didn't come up with it till like, midway, you know, so, yeah. like, a month or two after doing the pockets. Mm. But, Isaiah, the cheesy question of the day today is, what, what holiday that we as a country should have off work or what type of day or a, what type of day or event you would like to see as an official holiday? <laughs> so, for example, right, to give you better context of the question. Yeah. So, I would like to see... Uh, in America uh. for the Super Bowl to be an official <laughs> holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a good, and practically is for how many people call into work the next day. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you might as well, you know, that's, yeah. that's a good, that's a good, t- you know, that's a good, uh, you know, that's a good Man. answer. Yeah. That's a good answer. The, you know, thinking about it, I think in keeping with the theme, you know, of today's podcast, which is, I guess not even theme because we talked about a dinosaur movie, but, um, in keeping with the superheroes and all that good business, business, excuse me. I think if we made Stanley's birthday, uh, now when is that? No, no clue, no clue when Stanley's birthday is. But um, you know uh, that that guy has gave us basically the MCU, right? Uh, Stanley, Stanley, the old guy. Oh, Stanley. Yeah, okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I don't. Uh, your your face was blank, yeah. and I was. I'm like, sorry, sorry. No. <laughs> I was. I like, think said Stanley, like yeah, a, but yeah. Stan. Lee. Yeah. yeah. When I was a kid, I, I was like, what? Yeah. I was so confused at his name. <laughs> but my bad, sorry. No, you're good. Um, You know, he basically, and I understand there are lots of different creators that have worked at Marvel over the decades, but he had a pivotal hand in a lot of yeah. the big characters. So, you know, hey, why not Why not give him a national holiday? I mean, On his birthday you're talking about or when exactly? Yeah, I, yeah I'd, okay, I'd say yeah. birthday, right? I mean, seriously, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have got Spider-Man. We wouldn't have seen the, what, the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. Iron Man. Like, mm-hmm. literally, he was, like, the blueprint of the Marvel yeah. franchise. exactly. So, yeah, that's a good, you know, good uh, answer, Isaiah. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, Isaiah, um, this wraps up the pod. Uh, thank you for being on as an in-person guest, which I really love doing the in-person, like, podcast. I, like, I really enjoy it way compared to Zoom because, like, mm-hmm. we're face-to-face. We actually get to see each other's reactions. Yeah. It's more exciting. I completely agree. It is it is nice to do it in person. We'll have to do this again sometime. And uh, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, so, yeah, Isaiah, I think uh, while I've been thinking before I wrap up is that, you know, maybe my, my brother and I, maybe RJ, our cousin, can come up to Wisconsin and we can maybe see either um, Wakanda Forever later, later yeah, this year or yeah. Avatar. We just got to figure something out if you're yeah. down for that. Yeah, we'll figure it out and uh, we'll, we'll get that going. That'd be a good time. And do another in-person pod, you know, oh, once again. Oh, hell yeah. All, All right. right. Um, it was a good uh, episode, guys, and uh, thank you guys for listening. You can subscribe to this podcast, the Talks with Cheese podcast, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. See you, guys. Bye-bye.